Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Wow, let's try that again. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Deborah McKay, and I serve as associate pastor here at Cap City Church. It is my joy to welcome each and every one of you for first Sunday here at Cap City to worship today. Amen? Amen. All right, if it's your first time here, we welcome you and would love to get to know you better. We're also welcoming everyone who's joining us online. You are a part of our fellowship and we're thankful for you. We welcome everyone gathered here and just want to determine together to worship the Christ of Christmas today and throughout this month. Amen? Amen. We invite you to come forward to pray, bring your burdens to the Lord at the second song. And now let's stand together and give God praise as we prepare to sing. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Shame 
Father, I thank you so much for the gift of your son. I thank you, God, for your presence in this place. And I pray, God, that you would be with our pastor as he brings a message. In your name I pray. voice on the wind carrying a tune from a far-off country. When the air pressure changes and we say, it smells like rain, and the clouds start to churn, and soon the drought will be over. That's what hope is like. It's that persistent tug in your soul that whispers, everything sad is coming untrue. Just around the corner, there's something good. It takes courage to believe that. Hope will keep you warm, but you have to hold tight to it like a blanket around your shoulders so the gusts will tear it right out of your hands. Hope will glow like embers, but you have to keep giving it oxygen. That's the thing about hope. You have to wake up and choose it every day. The best part is, with the one true hope, you don't have to wonder if it's a waste of time and emotional energy. It doesn't work like that. Hope is not angel feathers or wishing on a shooting star or tossing coins into a fountain. It's not lucky charms or even bright-eyed optimism. It's not a blind shout in the void. The one true hope is a guarantee. promise made by someone who can't lie. Our hope was in the beginning, is now, and evermore shall be. It's eternal, not fleeting. Hope came down from heaven in the form of a baby entering time and space. God and man united in the person of Jesus. When we choose hope, we're not planting a new stake in the ground, we're slipping into a rushing river current that has run through the ages and will carry us with all the saints who've come before to a shining city where there will be no need for hope. Because all the promises have at last come true. This Christmas, through Jesus, we have. Say that with me. This Christmas, through Jesus, we have hope. This Christmas, through Jesus, we have hope. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful time it is. I think we just ought to give God praise for everything that has happened this morning. I give God praise for all of you that have gathered here this morning and have decided to make your, uh, give us some time this morning at Cap City Church. I do want to also say, as uh, we're just kind of beginning, 
uh, haven't the ladies, Miss Doris Petit and Miss Kim, Miss Sandy, I can't remember them all, Miss Cheryl, uh, Miss Deb, all these people, didn't they do a beautiful job of decorating the church? It looks absolutely beautiful, and everyone is beginning to, to do their part, and it's just a, a beautiful thing to see happen, and uh, it's just really, really a good time to be in God's house today. Well, I want to begin a sermon series that we're going to look into through the month of December, and that sermon series is just entitled, A Gift for Christmas, and it will have more than one meaning, but a gift for Christmas. And if you have your Bibles and you'd like to follow along, I'd like for you to turn with me, if you would, to a very familiar passage of Scripture, and that's found in John chapter 3 and verse 16, and this is what the Word of God says, John chapter 3 and verse 16, and here's as we read it together, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then one other verse found in the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, this is the great uh, in the book of, of Corinthians, in this second chapter of Corinthians, is a very interesting chapter because this chapter is the giving chapter in, in all of the New Testament. It talks about how we should give and what we should do, and it talks about our giving. But when you come to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, can you read it with me? Thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift or unspeakable gift or, as the message puts it, a gift too wonderful for words. Father, as we enter into this Christmas season, I pray today that you will Speak to our hearts, and I pray with all of the hurry and, and the bustle that goes on in all of the things in all of our lives as we uh, think and do the things with Christmas, I pray that you'll help our focus this year to be on your gift, the gift that you gave to the world, an indescribable gift, an unspeakable gift, a gift that is too wonderful for words. So, Lord, right here as we begin this December period, I pray that you will challenge us, move us, and help us to worship you with all of our hearts as we begin and enter into and walk through this beautiful Christmas season. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You know, there is something about Christmas that just seems to be different than any other time of year. I think really at Cap City, uh, this is going to be a wonderful, wonderful time of Christmas. Those of you that may not know, this is First Sunday, 
And after this service this morning, uh, we are inviting each of you to take just a few minutes and to enjoy First Sunday Fellowship. The ladies have made Christmas cookies and coffee, and, uh, and it's all free. So amen, let's give a hand to that. Praise God. It's all free. And sometimes we come to church and we go in and we go out, and we really don't get to talk to people. I'm encouraging you to find someone that you don't know or find someone that you'd like to get to know and just talk to them a little while. And because while you're doing this, the kids are having a Christmas party. Now, they brought their pajamas to, Chris, to, to service this morning. I haven't had the courage to do that one. Uh, you've got me in jeans, but I doubt if it's going to happen uh, that you get me into my pajamas. But they're having a Christmas party, and there's going to be an appearance of Santa at, after the service outside. And uh, so while the children are getting candy canes and so forth, and you're more than welcome to take pictures with your children. You're more than welcome, welcome to take pictures with Santa. You're more than welcome to take pictures with the cheerleaders. You're more than welcome to take pictures with Angie, uh, our children's worker. When she walked in today, uh, I had to put my sunglasses on uh, because she's got lights all over. And so if you want to take a picture with your family or with your children uh, or just even if you're a kid at heart and you want to take a picture, you can do that. Uh, so it's going to be a great Sunday uh, after this Sunday. Uh, second Sunday, uh, we'll have Dr. David Harris here. The third Sunday, you don't want to miss this Sunday. We're putting things together for this Sunday. It's going to be called a Christmas celebration. There's going to be more music than normal. Uh, there's going to be preaching. There's going to be singing. There's going to be worship. There's going to be reading. It's going to be the best Christmas service in Columbus. Will you turn somebody and tell them that? It's going to be the best Christmas Sunday in Columbus. Amen. That's why I love it. Amen. God bless you. That's exactly right. So that means you can bring people with you, and we're just going to see a great thing happen at Christmas time. And uh, we're going to have music, and then uh, we're working on the live nativity scene. Now, we're not going to have the whole big old thing that you go uh, riding all around in, uh, but we are going to have the one scene, and we're going to try to have some animals and different things, and Mary and Joseph. And uh, then that night, Christmas Sunday night, 6 o'clock, we're going to gather out by the live nativity with candles and have our worship service. What a great day that's going to be. And then on the Wednesday before Christmas, it'll be a beautiful service, and it's called Christmas Communion. So we want you uh, to be uh, a part of all this. might also say that our church has been given the wonderful opportunity of giving to our district a gift. I want you to understand there are pastors and wives who pastor small churches and they don't get to have Christmas dinners and different things like what we get to have and the district has asked and we have agreed that we will host and give our district pastors 
There'll be pastors coming from all over the state of Ohio on Tuesday, and they're going to come and have a dinner here, and we want to do that. Ed uh, uh, Davis is taking care, and Malcolm White, of trying to get chairs moved out, so if at the end of this service, uh, you might, some of the guys, after you get done eating Christmas cookies and you're wired up on sugar, um, that uh, you can help them move some of the tables and, and get ready, because this whole place is going to be filled with pastors on Tuesday. Isn't it great that we as a church can do that? I think we ought to give God So anyway, Christmas is different than any other season of the year. Part of it has to do with the lights and the decorations. Part of it has to do with all the traditions uh, that go with it. Part of it has to do with all the emotion that surrounds it. I'm amazed every year that my wife becomes a child again uh, when Christmas comes. And uh, we were trying to decorate some of the things the other day. Eric uh, Harum was trying to help me and a couple of other people. And I heard her say to the one young lady that was trying to help us, she said, David just doesn't understand Christmas. Christmas. He doesn't understand how we have to do it. Now, what she means by that is everything has to be perfectly put in place. But that's okay because she becomes a child again. We all kind of become a child again uh, as we think about the emotion that surrounds Christmas. But as I have thought about Christmas this year and thought about this series, a gift for Christmas, one of the things that is truly different about Christmas is that it is a season of gift-giving. Have you ever thought about that? That every, every, on all the other times of the year, we give birthday presents, or we give this, or we give that, but in this is the only holiday season where everyone gives gifts to other people. It is the one season now, I am so grateful for Amazon, and I am so grateful for uh, uh, the, the telephone shopping. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I can't tell you of all the bad things that happen with technology. This is one of the best things that's ever happened, that you don't have to go to the store. But even those who don't go to the store or even look at Amazon, they begin to shop looking for a special gift for someone at Christmas. Have you ever wondered why that is? We delight, Max Lucado said, in giving our loved ones extravagant gifts, don't we? Especially at Christmas. We give gifts throughout the year, birthdays, anniversaries, the other special occasions, but at Christmas time, we put a little more effort into finding that extra special gift for that special person. Why? Max Lucado says, maybe it has to do with the gift of that first Christmas, and maybe it has to do with the extravagance of the gift that God gave to us. For whatever reason, this season of the year, we began searching for a gift that is special. The Bible records the story of the first Christmas and gives the record in different places from the prophets and then to Matthew and, and then into Luke and into John and all of them seeing uh, the, the, the birth of Christ from a different viewpoint and a different perspective. 
But the Bible gives and gives the, rec the record of God's gift, the gift of his one and only son. The Bible says that it's a gift that is worth looking for. When you think about the wise men, how they searched diligently, how they watched the skies, and how they watched, and it's amazing to me that these three wise men from the east had looked at the stars and knew what was coming and, and saw that this is the sign that the king of kings has come, that the king of the Jews is being born. And they began a search. And let me tell you what, the gift of Christ at Christmas is a gift worth looking for. It is also a gift worth waiting for. Like Simeon and Anna, who waited their entire lives, they had the promise that they would not depart this life before seeing the Christ. And when Simeon lifted up the Lord Jesus eight days after his birth he said these words I can now depart in peace for my eyes have now seen the salvation of the Lord a gift worth waiting for it's a gift worth celebrating for when you talk about the shepherds as they were sleeping and began to rub their eyes and saw the angels and all that was going on, it was a gift that was worth celebrating. And they began to hear the angel choirs. It's a gift that we as God's people ought to celebrate with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. It ought to be a joyous occasion. Amen. It's a gift worth preparing for. When Mary heard the news, she would be giving birth, and a virgin birth at that, and how can this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And those months of waiting and preparing for that day when the Christ child, she would hold the Christ child, but literally holding God in her arms, and a gift worth sacrificing for, like Joseph. Joseph is one of those unseen and unsung heroes in my mind of Christmas. He was willing to say, yes, Lord. I know what they're going to say, but yes, Lord. I know what people are going to think, but yes, Lord. I know what people are going to uh, gossip about and surmise about, and it's going to go all through the village. But if it's your will, I'll sacrifice for it. I'll do what you ask me to do. I want you to consider for just a short time this morning God's gift to us at Christmas. Charles Williams uh, of a bygone day was a great orator in the early years of his life. He said that God so loved humanity that he came down the golden staircase of heaven with a baby in his arms. And when you think about the gift that God gave that John talked about, for God so loved the world that he gave. And what did he give? 
not just a manual, not just instructions, but gave his one and only son. You see, God's gift to us was a perfect gift. It was a perfect gift. Have you ever tried to find a perfect gift? I remember when we were first married that um, I would so try to find the perfect gift for Connie, and I, I thought I could buy her clothes. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was tough, I want you to know. And, um, you know, I thought if it said size whatever, it meant that, but uh, it didn't. And so some sizes would fit and other sizes, would, and I remember one time coming in, I'd looked, I mean literally days and days and days. And I brought in this black dress that I thought was really pretty. And so she opened it Christmas morning. I said, do you like it? And she said, well, yeah, I need to try it on. <laughs> and she went back in the other room and came out. And it was all every which way. And I realized in that moment, if I was going to give her the perfect gift, it is not going to be the gift of clothes. So I moved on to jewelry. It fits all the time. You know, it, it's a whole lot easier that way. Um, but sometimes we're looking for a perfect gift. What could that be? But when God gave his gift, his gift was the perfect gift because the scripture tells us that this perfect gift of this child came to show us the Father. I love these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. He came, and he revealed to us the heart of the Father, the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is not that of an overbearing dictator, but the heart of the Father is to say things that we have never heard before. Come all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, what a beautiful thing. Hear the words of Jesus when he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Listen again to the words of Jesus as he looked at uncouth fishermen he said, if you'll walk with me, I will help you. I will make you to become fishers of men. He told them that if you will walk with me, I will be with you and greater things than I am doing, you will do. Whoa. That was the very heart of the Father. And it tells us about the love of the Father. This child, as we look and, and look into the child of Jesus, that it, it was the perfect gift that came to show us the love of the Father and to reconcile us to the Father's heart. A love that will never let us go. A love that will accept us no matter how poor we've done, how, matter, how bad we've been. He doesn't love us for how good we are. He loves us because of who he is. And he came with the son of Jesus Christ to tell us, let's celebrate it. It's not because of how good we are. It's because of who he is. And you are loved. You are loved. Max Ocato said this again. Consider the gift for a moment, what Jesus really did. He, swept, he swapped a spotless castle for a grimy stable. 
He exchanged the worship of the angels for the company of killers. He went from commanding angels to sleeping in the straw, from holding stars to clutching Mary's finger, from sovereign Lord of the universe to a tiny, helpless newborn nursing at his mother's breast. A perfect plan, a perfect gift to show us the Father. This child perfectly reflected God's plan. I am so glad that Jesus was not born in a castle. I am so glad that he was not born uh, over in England in the monarchy. I'm so glad that he was not born in a mansion. He was born in a manger. And his plan was to show us that no matter who we are, God cares. And it's not about just the rich and the famous. It's not just about the rich and the powerful. It's not just about those who have the privilege. It's about all of mankind. And he came to show us his love. It's a love that we understand in this plan. Think about this plan for a moment. When Adam and Eve sinned, and sin took over the human race, God could have said, they've made their bed. They've made their choice. I am absolutely going to just leave them. But he didn't. He could have said, well, this sin isn't so bad. I'll just overlook sin. But his justice wouldn't allow him to do that. And I don't think we understand that. His justice would not allow him just to say sin doesn't matter. He doesn't say that yet today. But the plan was that justice could be satisfied in him, that the guilty could be set free in him, and that we could find abundant life in him. So it doesn't matter how far you've gone, no matter what you've done, he paid for your sins on the cross. He paid for your sins. You can be set free, and we can have abundant life. Listen again. I know I'm quoting Max Lucado quite a bit. There are two reasons for it. Number one, I love what Max Lucado says. Number two, I can't even possibly say it like he does. So I'm, that's why I'm quoting this. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter in to the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. You see, this is what extravagant giving is all about. God's gift to us was perfect, but it also God's gift to us was personal. It was a personal gift, not just to all of mankind. And like the wise men, we will find God when we search for him. 
Some of you right now are trying to, to understand who is God. How do I understand God? What do I know about God? Uh, what can he do in my life? I know he's done things in other people's lives. There are some of you listening online right now and you're questioning in your own heart, in your own mind, and you're saying in your mind, how can I know this God? What can I know? What can he do? How can I find this God? May I tell you, you will find him when you search for him with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul. You will, when you find him, you will rejoice. Your heart will be filled with joy. And when you find him, he, we will worship him and he will open the very gates of heaven. When we think about Advent, I want to thank Miss Doris and those again who have done such a beautiful job even with the Advent candle. But you see, when God gave us his gift, God's gift through Christ brings us the gift of hope. We talked about it today. It's like a fire. We are living in a period of time when many, many people on many different aspects of life have lost hope. They've lost hope about whatever is going on. Let me tell you what, in Jesus Christ and in the birth of Christ, we find hope. There is hope for today, hope for tomorrow. And it's not just about the world's going to fall apart. Hope is in found in Jesus Christ. And even like some of those of our people who have walked through the shadow of death this season, there is still that flicker of fire. There is still that flicker of hope that burns that says, even though my loved one has slipped on to the other side, I know I will see them again. I know that we will come together again. I know this is not the end. It is the, God's gift is the gift of peace. We'll look at that next week. God's gift is the gift of joy. You'll see that next week. And then when we look at the uh, Christmas communion, God's gift is the gift of love. Consider the gift of Christmas. The wise men brought their gifts. But here is what intrigued me. I want you to listen. If you didn't get anything else out of this. This is what intrigued me about this series, A Gift for Christmas. And the more I reflected on the gift that God gave to us, I began to think in my own heart, what gift will I give this Christmas? Not just a black dress that doesn't fit or a necklace that fits everybody. But I mean, what can we give of spiritual significance? What gift, I want to ask you this morning, I want you to think about this, in this Christmas season, what gift will you give back to God because of his unspeakable gift to you? It may be the gift of worship. And instead of letting everything get so out of control that somehow we're going to give the gift of worship to our God.
really worship. And when we come to the house of God, we're going to worship God. And in our private times, we're going to worship God. There is nothing that God loves more than when his people worship him out of an honest and sincere and an open heart. Nothing that God loves more. Will you give him the gift of obedience? God's been talking to you about doing something, but you're not sure what to do. This Christmas, I'm going to give God a gift of obedience. Lord, like Joseph, I'll do what you ask me to do. It may not make sense. I don't understand it. People may talk. People may do all kinds of things. But I'm going to give you the gift of obedience. I'm going to give you the gift of my heart. I've wandered around in the darkness long enough. I want to give you the gift of my heart. Some of you may remember some time ago a guy who was at our camp meeting whose name was Mark Murphy. He was a song evangelist. And he, was, he wrote this song about a little poor boy who lived in a very poor part of the neighborhood. And a friend of his invited him to church. And the little guy went to church with him as during a revival meeting. And, and the little guy said, I, I really like this church thing. He said, you know, people are happy and we sing and they like me. And, you know, I, I kind of like this church thing. So he said, can I come back tomorrow night? And he said, yeah. So he came back the next night, but he noticed something that in every service, they passed around an offering plate. And he felt really bad because he had nothing to put in it. Now, I want you to know, if you're here today in that case, don't you ever feel bad about that. God knows. But the offering plate was being passed, and he had nothing. So he went home the next day, and he asked him if he could go back one more night, and they said, sure. And he thought, and he thought, and he thought, and he thought. And he thought, what can I give the Lord? Because God is so good. And so that night when they passed the offering plate, he was sitting on the end. And he put the offering plate down on the floor. And I'm not suggesting any of you do this, but uh, he put the offering plate down on the floor. Then he stepped in the offering plate and said, I have nothing else to give him, but I'll give him me. I'll give him me. And I want you to know the best gift that you can give to God this Christmas. Give him you. Give him you. Now, I want to go a little further with this. What gift will you give to your family this year of spiritual significance? It was a great awakening for me as a young parent when we would spend hours and hours and, and we'd get, kids, get to our daughter these, these gifts that uh, cost money back in those days. And after the Christmas was over, in a couple of days, they'd rather play with the boxes than play with the toys. Uh, how does that work? If you could have told me that, it would have been a lot cheaper. I could have just gone and bought a box or got a box from Kroger. It had been okay. So I'm not talking about 
the material gift. I want you to think honestly in this challenge. What can I give my family that's of spiritual significance? What I want to ask as we come to this Christmas season, are we going to wait? Are you and I going to wait until there is some terrible calamity that strikes our family or some national disaster that affects our family? Are we going to wait for something like that to catalyze us and to begin to value our family and to love them as we should? What will you give your family? It could be the gift of love, a look, a word, a touch. It could be something spiritual. My mom and dad gave me a Bible at 16 when I was 16. I still have that Bible today. It literally transformed my life. After I came to Christ, they gave me that Bible on Christmas Day. They had no idea, but they were sowing a seed in me that has gone all these years and only grown. What will you give your family of spiritual significance? Let me ask you thirdly. And when I'm talking to you about this, I'm talking to me. And so I, I'm not saying, yeah, you guys go do this. I'm talking about me. What gift of spiritual significance will you give to your neighbors or your colleagues? Some of you would say, I don't even know my neighbors. Maybe you give them a gift of cookies and say, I just want to know you. Maybe if you do know your neighbors, to just give them something to just simply say, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I want you to know what will we do in our neighborhoods to try to literally make a difference in our neighborhoods. It may be the gift of, of listening. It may be the gift of, of sitting down with a cup of coffee. It may be the gift of serving them. Can I help you in some way? It may be the gift of sharing the gospel. I have a dream. Not the dream after I eat pizza, but I have a dream. I dream in my heart today that there will come a time across the city of Columbus and across our denomination that there are going to be 1,000 people who are saying, I'm going to be a point of light for my community. I'm going to be someone who will begin to pray for my neighbors. I am going to take the responsibility of trying to reach out to my neighbors, even though they may not know me, even though I may not know them. I'm going to try to reach out for them. I'm going to try to be a point of light in this city so others can know Christ. What gift will you give your neighbors of spiritual significance or your colleagues? And then lastly, what gift will you give the world? There are so many ministries and so many opportunities. Last night they had the dinner for Como. We were not able to attend, but Thank God for a ministry birthed out of this very church. 
that is touching broken and homeless and addicted and lives who are so messed up. God wants us to be involved in reaching people like that. We're talking about the fact of an Advent offering for our missionaries. We'll do that on the 19th. But what can I do beyond myself to touch the world? So the question when we talk about a gift for Christmas, I knew the first part of it, you knew where that was going. But I don't think you were ready for the second part. What is going to be your gift in response to God's gift? What will you give back to God? this Christmas? What will you give to your family this Christmas? What will you give to your neighbors this Christmas? What will you give to the world this Christmas? Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? And if you'll take your connection card, I'd really appreciate if you just take it and hold it in your hands. Our Father, as we come before you on this Christmas season and as we now enter fully into Advent season that began a week ago, but now we are entering into it fully here at Cap City this Sunday. Father, we thank you today and words could never explain and words could never express how we thank you and how we praise you and how we honor you for your unspeakable gift, your indescribable gift, your gift that was too wonderful for words. And Lord, if there are people here this morning that are still searching to really know that Christ, if there are people watching online and they're saying, oh, I wish that I had the assurance of knowing that God has forgiven me of my sin, of knowing that Christ lives and abides in me. <clears throat> Father, I pray, help them today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Father, if there are those here today that are trying to understand, they are Christians, they are walking with you, but they want to give something back for what you've given. Help them, Lord, to understand what they can give to their family, what they can give to their neighbors and colleagues, and what they can give to the world. Oh, God, help us. As you take your connection card this morning, I'm going to ask you, would you just write on there that, I, that you're praying about what gift to give. If you want to begin a journey with Christ this morning and you're not sure of what that looks like, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'd like for you to pray after me. And will you just mark it on that card? Some of you are doing this and, and, and we're beginning to work with discipleship and understanding this. We want to help you to get where God wants you to be. Would you just mark it? 
I made a decision or I would like to know more. I'd like to have someone talk to me. I want to know about this Christ. And if there are some of you that already God's put on your heart what you ought to do for your neighbors or what you ought to do for the world or what you ought to do for your family, just pray for me that I'll know what to give my family this Christmas. I'm going to give you a few minutes. I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll just sing quietly behind us and then we're going to gather together and we'll all sing it together. But I want them to sing this beautiful, beautiful Christmas carol. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. And I would invite you in your mind's eye to gather at the manger and bow like the shepherds or the wise men and asking, what can I give to the Christ who was God's unspeakable gift to me? Would you think and use your connection card if there's a prayer request or if you're a visitor with us, please just jot it down. We want to get to know you better. Will you sing it for us today? coming to get your cards and your offering but I want us to worship let's just sing it as we begin this first Sunday of, of December oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him Christ the Lord will you lead us please let's sing it together let us seated the ushers are going to come and they're going to wait upon us for our morning offering and if you have a connection card or a gift uh, we would encourage you to uh, place this in the basket as it comes by and thank the Lord for all of the, the fact that you have been giving and we appreciate it so much let me pray for the offering and then we'll watch the, the announcement video father I thank you for this wonderful church and as we bring our tithes and our offerings into the storehouse, that there may be meat in our Father's house, I pray that you will bless those who have to give and those who can't. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for joining us at Capital City Church. We pray God has touched you during service today. Please refer to our bulletin and fill out the connection card inside with your contact information, prayer requests, and praises. Drop it in the offering as the ushers go by. We look forward to communicating with you. After service today, there will be Christmas cookies and coffee for everyone and a party for the kids with a very special guest. December 19th will be Christmas Sunday. We have an amazing Sunday morning service planned, so be sure to invite friends and family. That same evening at 7 p.m., we will have a candlelight service and a special live nativity scene with animals. On December 22nd, we will have a communion service at 7 p.m. Join us for this special time of celebration. On the third Sunday, December 19th, we will take a love offering to support our missionaries around the globe. Please prayerfully consider giving towards this important cause. Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online or by giving a check or cash. See the back of the bulletin for more details. May God bless you and thank you for joining us today at Capital City Church. Join us next week for special guest, Dr. David Harrison. Amen. Now we want you to enjoy some first Sunday Christmas fellowship. And uh, we can open up the big window, Miss Kelly, if you can hear me back in the back there. We can open that up in the front. And uh, the kids are going to be doing their Christmas thing. So let's stand together. And may I just once again say Merry Christmas. Let's stand together. And you're going to be dismissed after we get done with the Christmas cookies. We need, if we can, to help some of our guys. If you'll help us with chairs, it'd be grateful. If you're planning to go on the, the winter uh, lights tour, if you would see Nan Davis back at the back at the welcome thing, I think she has some especially important news for you. God bless you. Father, thank you for these days. We love you today, and thank you for your exceedingly wonderful gift. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. The kids will be out there. The cookies are here. Find somebody you don't know. Spend a little time with them and fellowship together today. You are dismissed. Thank you.